Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. We live. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Morenci, alongside the raging redhead, Cam Stewart, who's ready to uh, make us all some cash following Francisco Molinari. But you're only as good as your next selection. Good point. We go from the British Open to the most prestigious tournament in all of golf, (laughs) the Canadian Open. (laughs) Actually, a pretty decent field in the Canadian Open uh, this week. It's, It's actually a shame. First off, the Canadian Open gets saved because I guess uh, Dustin Johnson's uh, RBC. He's got a sponsorship yeah. with the Royal Bank of Canada. Who are the RBC guys? Dustin Johnson. They've got a good. They've got a good group Matt, of guys. Matt, Matt Kuchar, Kuchar yeah. Brent Snedeker. They got like a whole corral of those guys. A couple new guys too. So yeah, it, you know they're, they're they have to head there. But here's the problem: it's the third longest serving tournament. Like when you look at the history of golf, the Canadian Open is one of the oldest. That's what I was going to say. When I was all kidding aside, when I said one of the most prestigious, yeah, it, it, really, it actually it, is it one was. of the oldest. And it, it was. used to be yeah. very prestigious. When You're I right. worked, when I worked at Credit Valley in Mississauga, Arnold Palmer won at Mississauga Golf and Country Club, and I t- was talking to a member that knew him afterwards because he, you know, he's a man about town. He's like, listen, these guys love coming to play here and stuff, but the problem is I don't know what group or consortium has this power at Glen Abbey because the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame is there. It is one of the most pedestrian PGA courses. Like, I put it up there with the John Deere. You have the core. You have Royal Montreal. You have Shaughnessy. Yeah, like basically you have, like I, average I, average golfers actually play it at this course daily. Yes, I, and I broke 100. And don't get crushed And there. I broke 100 there. And we were talking about if we'd get killed at Carnoustie. Oh. So you're saying yeah, you've yeah. navigated your way through Glen Ash. Yes, yes, I have. Not from the tips, but from the regular tees. <laughs> but I'll say that. But Glen Abbey, compared to another course, Gabe, it's got 16-mile creek. It's got a couple water holes. But when you really look at it, it's one of the worst, in my opinion, worst courses. You're right, though. It's for... total politics. And, you know, for the, for the record, the course that I played on, I was telling you about, much tougher. The, the, the El Diablo. Oh, the Diablo. It's actually. The Freddie Couples and Mo Trouble. It's vicious, that. Uh, that course is vicious, bro. They rank Canada's top courses, and Glen Abbey is, like, really probably around, like, number 17. or it should, And it should be probably about and 30. We, and what I don't understand, too, we all know one of the toughest courses in the country the Royal, Royal Golf Club of Montreal. Royal Montreal. In which even Tiger Woods goes, that's a golf course. He I, even goes, that's a challenging golf course. Remember what Tiger Woods said when he walked off of Royal Montreal? This course beat my ass. That's Tiger Woods in his prime. Not now either, Gabe, in his prime. Then they had a tournament at a place called Shaughnessy in BC for our Western listeners. The winning score was like four under. John Daly was there. Bova. It was like a wicked tournament. Like guys were getting it in the rough. I'm telling you, man, it's pure bullshit. I don't know what kind of group has this thing. You know what it is? It's for spectators. I'll say one thing. For that tournament, you can get around, but there are other courses where you can bring in fields of people that are better, but you know what? Jim Furyk actually complained about it. He's like, 
Why do I have to come to Glen? He's an RBC guy. Why do I have to come to Glen Abbey every year? We, we have Hamilton Golf and Country Club up the street. That is a hundred yeah. times better. The players like it. It's an old tree line course. This is the thing. The Canadian but Open you know, should be treated as a national championship, not the John and Deere Classic. In a That's sense, my too, because you would figure, well, because look, a lot of these golfers, you know, I know Bubba Watson likes the easy courses, and Phil likes the easy courses, right? Bubba always complains. Oh, we should just play in Arizona. It's like what on the pitch and putts that you guys yeah, with the altitude yeah, out there. When, when you could throw at three hundred and fifty out here, go carve a couple trees. Yeah, like, like that's Bubba, I've seen Bubba yeah. bitch about rough when he goes, yeah. you know, in certain places. It's unacceptable. This isn't a muni. No, this is what's like, dude. That's golf. Like it's a challenge. <laughs> keep keep it out of the rough. Tiger, like, dude, the rough in Montreal at the Royal Golf Killer. Club. The, 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 yeah, it's Thick. it's like three feet high. It's and also it's, they don't cut it either. Before no. they're like, no, we're leaving it. It's the type of grass. It's not hay. It's that big thick green grass that you know when you're cutting it even with a lawnmower it gets stuck it's very very thick hard to gla- grass to navigate from and that's the thing gabe here's the thing about golf and, and, I, and if it's I, easy too right you figure all right it's easy it's an advantage for me but not really because dustin johnson's there and it's easy for him too why do you think he's six to one to win this tournament he could hit it three fairways over There's normally no i stay away from dj but i'm putting him in the draft he's, slide up he's, this week just because all he needs to do is just show up basically i have a six pack I'm not going to put him in it. Wait, he I, might be like 14 under when it's all said. I'm going to tell you, he'll win this. Go- if he if he will win this tournament, if he and if you don't care about like six to one odds or whatever, I'd probably put 100 bucks on 200 bucks on Dustin Johnson. I'm that confident he's going to win. Two years, Gabe, runner up, runner up. Do you know who's won this tournament two years in a row? Yeah, I do. Johnny Vegas. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah, you do. You do wake up early, catch that worm. <laughs> I'll tell you, no. Jo- and the thing is, I wouldn't take John. No offense to Johnny Vegas. He, he, if he wins this tournament again, Gabe, you could make me eat something stupid on the air. He, I, I, people, he's not winning this tournament. Yeah, but people, it's getting carried away because now people are, it's like on the uh, the Schwab or something. Last night, people were like, hey, Marenzi, uh you're rattling off things. Let me fire some questions off at you. Yeah, fire away. <laughs> they were firing. I was pretty good. There were NFL questions. I got like seven out of ten. There was a few. There was a few that uh, I didn't I didn't know. One. Can't know, hey. You can't know everything, or else you would be stumped to shrub. Yeah, no, there was the one that got me was uh, who was the last player, defensive player, on a who was the who was the last player on a losing team to be uh, the MVP of the Super Bowl. It was a tough one, man. (laughs) Last losing team, the last MVP of the Super Bowl to losing team. Like I knew it for NBA. Was Was it a receiver? No, nah, man. It's like it was like a linebacker really? on the Cowboys in like '71 or something. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, that's tough. Yeah, like it's not even a it's not a household name either. I guess the guy had like 22 tackles oh, or something. They, well, I don't they know. just like, decided to give it to yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say one more thing about the golf. The fact that when the goal of golf is to keep it in play, so you should be penalized by rough when you go there. So all these idiots on tour are bitching about rough. Shut up. I, if I was in charge, if me and you were in charge, if we were the boys who said, guys, I would absolutely, I don't want to embarrass these guys, but I'll tell you one thing, Gabe, rough would be huge. I'd do it a little bit like St. Andrews with the bunkering. You know what? A good final score. If you shoot almost par or one or two under each day, you win it like between par and eight. That's my type of tournament. You shouldn't be shooting 61s and 62s. Well, That's stupid. Well, we'll try to uh, provide you some uh, some winners yep. uh, from a betting perspective and from a DraftKings perspective. We've actually done uh, very good with the golf. If you tune in and you're like, these guys, man, DFS, I heard their baseball lineups. They suck. Uh, actually, uh, our golf lineup's been pretty good. Our, our baseball uh, lineup had a lot of points last night. It's baseball last night, we put up 119. Yeah, It was one of these deals where it was good for head-to-heads. 
Yeah. The lineup was pretty complete. My lineup, Cam, pretty much everybody had like 10 points. That's good. You know what I mean? That's it was like everybody good. sort of produced, but fell a little short swinging for the fences um, with, with the pitching. Um, speaking of which, swinging for the fences, the Pittsburgh Pirates finally lose a baseball game. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was on him again last I could, night. I was on him last night. I couldn't resist today either. I'm just kind of like, in, but I had a bad feeling. Bauer's so good. Seven innings, two hits, 10 Ks. Like, this guy's a stud. I wish he was on the night lineup for DraftKings. I'd pay the money. He's the real deal. Like, what a performance by Bauer. He's saving the, the Indians have looked horrible recently. You talk about money burners. This guy goes out there. Three hit like the guy gives up two hits in seven innings. Gabe, what a pitcher! Trevor Bowers is one of those guys. He's got to be started to be discussed with the elites. He's had a fantastic season, an incredible season. Mark Lawrence uh, will join us uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll talk Mountain West yeah. uh, football. Mountain West, it's the college uh, football season, and now less than a month away. Actually, or I guess no, I guess technically it's a month today. What's the date today? The twenty fifth, twenty sixth today, isn't it? I think it's the twenty fifth. It's the 25th. Good call. Yeah, yeah. I'm not great with the, dates. The early bird. You catch another worm. Yeah. You've got the date. What about me? Hey, Gabe, what the? <laughs> I forget what I did. I'm not, I'm oh, not. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday, I didn't know my own phone number. And then I was driving, oh, yeah. home, driving home. I'm like, Dewey. I knew it right off the top yeah, of my you head. Know, you know the you expression know? when people yeah. ask you, oh, you're going to remember? And I'm yeah. like, I don't even remember what I had for dinner last night. Somebody asked me the other night, big man on campus asked me, what did you have for dinner tonight? It took me like five minutes. I was like, I don't really know. I had to sort of look around, and then I saw the bag. I was like, oh, yeah, I went to the fish and chips place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Gabe, I'm not an MIT grad, but I think the way the brain works is when you're doing DFS, sports, 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 that one little segment of the brain with food and stuff takes you a while to kind of shake it and go, what am I? Yeah, the it's remedial not, stuff. Exactly, it's not, it's, in, the not, front, it's yeah. not in the frontal lobe, it doesn't feel like. Like, that's the same exactly. for me now. It's like, like last night with the NFL trivia. Yeah. Took me a couple of minutes, and then, like, after about five minutes, I was nailing them, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, I'm not fully in NFL mode. You know what I mean? Like, I got to get my brain into NFL mode. <laughs> so we're one month away from the uh, International Football Betting Conference. Mark Lawrence going to yeah. join us uh, today, but he'll also be in Las Vegas. Uh, it's basically a who's who. Every capper, every sports book director, every sports media company, basically everybody's going to be in Vegas uh, that weekend First off, for the IFBC, which we were in Costa Rica last. Remember, Johnny Manziel was uh, right. one of the speakers. Oh, yeah, he was uh, buddies with Babano. That's he... right. <laughs> and we'll get to some Johnny Manziel talk a little bit later on. He's going to play tomorrow, not starting, but expected to play. Uh, but it's basically a who's who. But then you compound this on top cam, in which um, it's also the, um, the Westgate Super Contest, Super Weekend. Oh, yeah. Lots of uh, proxies, lots of money. Yeah, lots so of basically, banks. yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, it's a madhouse, man. I, and you know what? I Actually, it's the one thing I'm not... And they have speakers, and yeah. it's the same thing. So basically, you'll see Mark Lawrence talking yeah. about his best futures of the year, yeah. and I'm doing an NFL presentation. At the Westgate, too? No, I'll be or, doing it at the Golden Nugget. Love the Nugget. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be visiting I'll you be for right, that one. Yeah, yeah. You know me. Hey, I need I'll your be, support. Yeah, I'll come be, down. I'll be right down the street at the El Cortez. Just a two-minute walk, Gabe. Yeah, I'll be doing a talk uh, <laughs> with my main man in uh, Philadelphia, Donnie Wright. Oh, Donnie. Great hand. Donnie, yeah. I, I want to meet Donnie Wright. Yeah, I, wanna, I, I met some of your guys. From what I understand, I'm, a, I'm appearing on a panel with uh, Kelly in Vegas, Ooh, the nice. hot chick. Yeah, Kelly. Uh, she's a proxy, too. Yeah. yeah, Kelly in Vegas. She's a K-State Wildcat fan. Donnie, Donnie Wright. Nice, nice. And a dude named... Whale capper. Ooh, I like whale. Whale capper. Whale capper is supposedly a good follow on Twitter. I was told, good. start following this guy. He wins a lot. Whale capper. Yeah, whale capper. Yeah, I like that. Whale capper. Based out of Long Beach. 
Oh, I like that. <laughs> I great handle. Though. You you think I got guys with good names. Will Capper's a good one. So, oh, yeah. But, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to be uh, – I'll be at the Gold Nugget. But so that, that's a yeah. month away. But the Westgate, they all they have their own thing too. Like Joe Lisi, I think. Oh, okay. big, you know what I mean? They have their own speakers. They have a, they have a college contest at the Nugget too. Yes, T- Tony too. Miller introduced oh, yeah, that yeah, the I other get, year. That's that. the one you want to think about. That one's and only five hundred dollars. That's what I'm talking about. That one sounds like fun. So um, the Westgate, though, Cam. The one thing that's always been cool. Look, and I lived there, and I was kind of a jackass. I was like, man, I'm not going down to hang out with a, with a room full of Ted Savranskis. I already know Teddy. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially all the cappers. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, exactly. I live here. I don't know. Like, I never. So I never went to this. But the always thing that I wanted to do in the Super Contest week, which is cool. Is they have a golf uh, they have a golf outing, and it's right across the street at the Las Vegas uh, Country Club. Really? Yeah, I've always wanted to play that course. It's like right across the street from the West. They used to have an LPGA event there every year, and the yeah. PGA played there for a while. But it's strictly more LPGA and uh, a couple other. I think the it's I think not the web dot com might be not, there too. No, it's not. Um, it's not that quality anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like it used to be a good. It, you know, it used to well, be an LPGA. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, they had, they had like PGA. They yeah. had PGA events they there, have. like in the '70s. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Can't when, do it now. When Vegas was, dude. Nowadays, you see the golf courses there. Yeah. You know, Steve Wynn. Actually, well, Steve Wynn doesn't run the win anymore. But that was another place. You ever seen that golf course behind the Mirage? No. Or no. behind never, uh, behind I, the Encore. I know of it. I've never like played it or like been close to it. If you take the um, if you take the Sky Train. This guy drained. You can sort of yeah. see over it right in. Nice. It's insane, bro. It's like right by, it's right off the, it's on the strip. So it's right behind Encore and the win. That one's like five. I said the Mirage because Steve went on the Mirage as well. He created the Mirage. Isn't that's that across one, the, the street. Isn't, isn't that 500, the one 500 plus? The yes. See there? Yes, yeah. yes. I thought so. Cam, yeah. I swear to God, I've never seen one person on it ever. Like it was good in theory. <laughs> yeah, like you're saying, like you're in the sky train. No, no, where's it's the groups? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's insane, and it's on the strip. I I drooled. I was like, oh god, I gotta play here, man. Like it's just so cool. Like you're on the strip, but you're playing golf. On That's this awesome. Beautiful, manicured, and uh, I never seen anybody. I see. I saw like once. I saw like two dudes, probably like two, you know, two hedge fund guys or something yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it's always so hot. It's like five hundred and eighty-five dollars. It's freaking expensive, man. I agree. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of rules and stuff too. It's like, oh, you can't yeah. do this and that. Like, so it's big time. So uh, they're actually—it's a beautiful piece of land. They're actually t- tearing it down. They're actually because Steve Wynn got booted off the board oh, because yeah, with uh, all the stuff that's happened recently. Yeah, uh, it was a big uh, the, Me Bill, Too, the Me Too move, Bill Cosby yeah. type things. Yeah. A lot of uh, touchy feely <laughs> and uh, gropey and uh, druggy druggies gropey, and stuff. Gropey. Yeah. Maybe you drop, really? uh, drop drops in, in the drinks or whatever, whatever the allegations are, yes. allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly enough that the son of a bitch got kicked out of his own hotel. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty past alleged at that point. <laughs> you imagine, like, Steve Wynn getting removed from the win? Like, it's yeah. something you would never imagine in a million years. Exactly. My place. Like, I never, like, Steve Wynn is Vegas. He was Vegas. The Me Too movement got him. We know what? He ran a casino. He used to go down to the massage. So, you know, they have the normal yeah. massage, but... He'd want he'd want a happy ending. Owner of the casino, well, he owns the place. So, let me tell you. Gary. Some of the masseuses said they felt pressured because basically people that didn't got fired after. This has been a long going <laughs> thing, buddy. It all started with Benny, and he got clipped. Yeah, yeah remember? Yeah. Like, there's a it's lot. Fake. That's it's the fake. thing. Like, like when you make a lot of money in Vegas and you piss off the wrong person, there's probably a good reason you won't be coming back to Vegas. Yeah, so they're wiping out the. Uh, <laughs> It'd be Lake Mead. 
I would say we should get around a golfing in Vegas when be, we're there. It'd be but, nice, but let's be realistic. Yeah, we're going to be realistic. I don't think we will. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my chick kind of threatened. She's like, where are we going can on we, vacation? You know what? Like, well, well, can we, can we go thing, to Top so Golf at least? Away. We can do that. Yes, yes. If we don't because that's something you can do on your yeah. waist, and yes. it's open 24 hours a night. It's yeah. off like on top of the MGM. We, you hit golf balls off the if MGM. If we can't get to Top Golf, <laughs> we got a lot of problems. I think we can make it to Top Golf. I think it's like minus 350. We don't. I'm thinking that, too. Big man on campus said, I want to take you and Cam out for dinner oh, with Donnie Wrightside. Know what that is? That's about minus 700, yes. Uh, yes, we'll go to dinner with the, Then we'll go gambling again. Dinner's a quick thing. The I said, games are I said, on. for a guy that likes food and a guy, a heavy set guy like Cam, you'd be surprised. He doesn't eat a lot in Vegas. No, I don't. I drink a lot in Vegas. But I've, I've never like seen to... you go for a nice meal once ever. Actually, I do a lot, Gabe. Just yeah, with well, your girlfriend. At weird times. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. I am Gabriel Brenzi alongside the Raging Redhead Camp Stewart. Lou from Gamblue.com will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk about uh, UFC, UFC Calgary. Will Lou come to uh, the trip, too? He yes. likes to make those trips. Yes, yes, Lou will be there. It sounds like a family reunion again. Lou's going to be there for the, uh, he's also coming to hang with us, but uh, Lou is going there for the uh, the Super Contest weekend. Like Fantastic. It's a combination, yeah. right? Yeah. Basically, though, the super contest over at the Westgate will be the more distinguished. Uh, not it'll be a lot of the same speakers, but what I'm saying is the SBR crew over at the Nugget will be the more wasted crew, yeah, and party I, crew. I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, where would you rather the home base, the Nugget or the Westgate? The Nugget, nugget. yeah, we're party. gonna be right on that's Fremont. That's my area. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's where I live. Exactly. I love Fremont Street. So I was telling people, I'm like, man, I'm going to take you guys out. We're going to go over to the plaza. We're going to go over to the yeah. I'm going to do a little. I told them we're going to do the casino crawls. Good times. So oh, we'll hang out at the, the D. Yeah, it's the best. The D's a great place. I love the D. See, the great thing is when you're on the strip, man, it's a big walk, man. It takes forever to go from property to property. It turns into an ordeal. When you're on Fremont Street, it's like, all right, a little crowded here in the Nugget. The tables are full. Let's go to the D. And you're inside the D 45 seconds later. You don't like the I D? Know. Boom. We'll go to the Golden Gate. We'll go to Binion's. Like there's... And I'm at the other end. I could walk to meet you at the Golden Nugget in a few minutes. And like, Fre- it's a couple minutes. And Fremont's much more modernized now, yeah. too. It's not just, all like, Binion's horseshoe, like, whatever. Yeah. It's Yeah, there's there's nice spots. Yeah. Golden Nugget's really picked yeah, up it's, their Yeah, it's game. definitely been modernized, Fremont Street. And the Metal Band Hailstorm will be performing a free concert nice. on Fremont Street on Saturday, it was- August the 25th. Let's bring Mark Lawrence yeah. in right now, who will yeah. be in Las Vegas. Yes, he will. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing terrific, guys. How you doing? 
Fantastic. So uh, you're going to be in Vegas, right, uh, for uh, for the extravaganza. We got IFBC and the Super Contest Weekend wrapped up in one. Yeah, I'll be there for uh, for both events. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, going to be a nice little doubleheader, if you will, in Vegas that weekend, <laughs> as far as football goes. You're one of the distinguished people that will, like won't be a mess. Like yeah. you know, like yeah. somebody. Like I think over the Nugget, it could get a little ugly, uh, Mark. But uh, is 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 the missus coming again this year? Is uh, like no. is it no, just you? Yeah, I'll I will be what they call baggage free this that that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go baggage free, but yeah, my girlfriend laid it out. She says uh, we haven't gone on a trip. If you're going to Vegas, I'm coming. I'm I like to. Okay. I don't know if you remember the guy's name, but I met him last year. He was with you from Costa Rica. I believe he was a banker. Uh, yeah, uh, Frank. His name was. Yeah, he was yeah, a pretty yeah. good, pretty cool guy. He's not going to make the trip, but uh, yeah, we had uh, we had quite a crew with us down in Costa Rica and. Uh, had a really good time down there. Uh, the girl who ran the thing last year, Deborah, is running it for them this year, so we'll look forward to seeing her and everybody else, the whole SBR crew, in Vegas for that big IFBC bash. Yeah, it looks like they have me on an NFL uh, panel, so I'm still going to give some college futures. Yeah. Uh, but uh, working, working on some NFL uh, futures. But let's talk some college uh, football right now with uh, one of the best in the business in Mark Lawrence. Uh, pick up uh, the Playbook Preview magazine available at a newsstand near you or just go directly over to playbook.com uh, to uh, get in a digital uh, version. Also available on your mobile devices and all the other stuff. And some great stuff, actually, Mark. I really enjoyed the um, the uh, 50 stats and facts that you need to know uh, preparing for the 2018 NFL season. Maybe we'll, we'll go over a couple of these after as well. But let's talk some Mountain West uh, football, Mark. And, um, you know what? The Mountain West Mountain West uh, basketball has fallen off the map over the last uh, couple of years. Um, but, you know, Mountain West football, which was really coming on, let's say, about a decade, a decade ago when TCU was there and Boise State was starting to make a name for themselves, sort of consistently playing, um, playing good football. And I lived in Vegas, so I know the Mountain West very well. You know, Mark, it's really, you know, the uh, the Pac-12 light, you know, as, as, as I've called it yeah. in the past, the football conference. Good defenses, too. Their defense, they actually, it's, yeah, it's greatly it's improved. better. But, you know, there's some good football teams in the Mountain West, and specifically, I think uh, Boise State is going to be a really good football team uh, this year, Mark. I, I think Boise State is back, and uh, is you know, I think Boise State has a chance to run the table, actually. I think they could beat Oklahoma State in that football game, and they could run the table, and uh, I think that I think this is the best Boise State team that we've seen in the past couple of years, in my opinion. Yeah, they look to be the centerpiece of all the group of five teams this year, and uh, look to be the favorite to be playing on New Year's Day. Uh, a lot of good, like you say, pieces in place for Boise State this football season here, uh, led by Brett Rippian, the quarterback, uh, who's I believe it was his uncle, if not his father, uh, former uncle, national. Yeah. Uncle, uncle, yes, uh, quarterback uh, with, with the Redskins in the NFL. So there's a lot of experience, a lot of talent on this football team here. But you mentioned they're going to go to Oklahoma State in September. They're going to go to Troy in September. So they'll be tested a little early on in the football season, but I think that'll get them ready to cruise to the Mountain West Conference. Hey, Mark, what do you know about Air Force? An interesting team with the Falcons and uh... – you know what? Some some up and down seasons. This used to be a team that was generally there all the time. They used to be world beaters. What do you think? What do you think about Air Force? So they're a very interesting team. They go up, they go down. What about the Falcons this year? 
Well, what they are is a, what I would call a Cam a mission team this year, given the fact that they had that rare losing season last year after three successive winning years in a row. Being a military team, I think they fit the mission team label perfectly. I like the makeup of this team this year here as well. I know they're not really heavy on returning starters, but they have a quarterback in Arian Worthman uh, who's done some good things with the program. He's won 10 of his 16 starts, ran the football for almost 1,000 yards last year. I think this football team bounces back this year. I like Air Force to get over the four-and-a-half season win total. Yeah, returning quarterback, as you uh, as you wrote, Mark, it was 10-6, uh, I believe, uh, as a uh, as a starter. All right, uh, so yeah, Air Force. What's the win total for Air Force? I think we saw. He just said four, uh, four and a it's half. Four and Mark, half likes, right? Mark likes the over. Yeah, is it yeah, still four and a half right half. now? Yeah, yeah, it's four and a half right now as we speak, yes. Good, good. That's one thing I look forward to, to, uh, to getting to Vegas, actually. We'll hit those college win totals. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, online, not every book has every team. That's a great point. And another thing right? is like they the have, lines are sometimes the juice to one side is crazy. Yeah, it's too. the one thing the South Point does really well. The good, South Point has every college football team and a number for every college football Very team. Very good call. Right. So that's that's why I'm gonna get into Vegas on a Wednesday night on a Thursday. You got business to attend. I'm to. going yeah. shopping. <laughs> Go shopping at the sports book. I'm going shopping Point. Thursday morning, <laughs> shopping for college football futures. <laughs> the best numbers, uh the best numbers that I can find. All right, uh, so four and a half. Let's talk about this Boise, uh, this Boise State team. The the win total I'm seeing online here for them is nine and a half, minus one forty to the over. Doesn't give us a lot of wiggle room here, Mark. So you talk about the Troy game, you talk about um, the uh, the Oklahoma State game. What do you what's your what do you, what's your take on the nine and a half for Boise State? Well, if you look at this team and what they've done uh, in games against 500 or weaker opponents under Brian Harson they're 67 and 2 so you can put just about a win by every team that they're going to face this year that doesn't have that doesn't figure to be in a bowl game i think that's the start to make their season here right now that totals up to 10 at the south point as we're speaking for Boise State so to play this game this team over 10 wins means you're going to have to win 11 games to cash that ticket which means they can make only one mistake all season long if you want to cash that ticket that's mm-hmm. difficult uh, I, you know, if you're going out there early, Gabe, look for that nine and a half because that'll be a key number as far as I think the schedule goes. Ten starters back on defense, the strength of the football team. But like you say, shopping is key, and nine and a half is a much, much better number to look for. It yeah. is minus 140, uh, but I do like it at nine and a half. And look, yeah. if we look at this, so they open up with Troy. Yep. Tough game, but I so think Boise can Boise get through will, this. I think they can beat them, yep. Uh, they host UConn, win, obvious. Win. Then they go to Stillwater week three. Very tough. I think, I think they still could beat them. Well, Boise State's Oklahoma win. State's got a lot of rebuilding to do. Yeah, they do. They, this is a statement game. But after that, you know, I don't, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for San Diego State and Coach Long. We'll get to them. But that game is in Boise. Yep, huge. And so you get through it. All right, you're at Wyoming. They'll, they'll be Wyoming. They host San Diego State. After that, at Nevada versus Colorado State at Air Force versus BYU, versus Fresno State at New Mexico, versus Utah State. They're favored in every football game that they play in after the Oklahoma State game, Mark. Yeah, they'll be favorites, and they'll likely win every game that they play thereafter. But, you know, somewhere there's a minefield along the way. Sometimes you let down in games uh, after a big, big victory. Sometimes you look Air Force. uh, I was thinking, is it Fresno? Are they in Fresno? No. No, okay. If it's at Fresno, uh, I'd say that's a landmine there. 
No, they're going to play Fresno at home after hosting BYU. Their schedule is relatively manageable. There's no question about it. The key key is those first two road games at Troy, at Oklahoma State. Then they're going to open up at Wyoming, and Wyoming's going to be tricky this year. We're going to talk about them in a little bit, but they're going to be the best defensive team in the conference here. So they've got a little tough slate. Three road games, their first four games of the month of September. If they can get by that, I think they can skate through and possibly cash that ticket. I used to tell Gabe, Mark, Colorado State used to always put money in my pocket back in the old days, but not anymore. And man, five and a half is the win total yeah. I'm seeing for the uh, the Buffalo. What do, what do you make of the Rams? For the Rams. Me. Yeah, no, Mark, a horrible, horrible way to end their season with some losses. What do you think about this Colorado State team, a program that once was, like, among the elite? but uh, They lost know. a lot of starters. That's another point. As, uh, Mark writes in the, in the playbook. Di- very different team, Mark. Yeah, very different team. Uh, you know, they got to replace the second most amount of total starters of all of college football this year. Nick Stevens being one of them. Uh, you know, they're a celebrated quarterback. That's because they started almost 70% seniors last year. So when the seniors are gone, you've got a lot of big holes to fill. That'll be the case for Colorado State this season. Now, the good news is. Uh, they're bringing in K.J. Carter Samuels from Washington. He was a quarterback with the Huskies here. He'll end up, I think, filling the hole real quick for them. But I don't know how much depth this football program is really going to have here. Uh, and, if, and if you take a look at uh, their four of their final five football games, with the way they ended the season last year was not good. So uh, bottom line here, five and a half wins, I think, is a tall order for Colorado State. They probably lean under that total. Well, guys, we're going to be in Las Vegas on Saturday um... Um, we're going to be there, and uh, we got Hawaii and Colorado State uh, on the board. Ooh. Hawaii's getting 14 points at Colorado what, State. What does Mark call them? The dregs? Yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> man, this is the clothespin uh, yeah, game yeah, here, Mark. Like, but I tell you, we're going to be a bunch of dudes at the Golden Nugget on Saturday afternoon at 4.30 on that Saturday. We're playing the game. What's your early lean, Mr. Lawrence? Hawaii getting 14 points against Colorado State. Man, we got a lot of youth on the field on both sides of these teams. Yeah, on, on both sides of the game. And, you know, the bottom line to a game like that, guys, is I don't think either team should be favored 14.5 points over e- either one. There's just uh, there's just not enough to warrant laying that kind of chalk. I'd hold my nose, grab the points with Hawaii in the football <laughs> game because uh, – <laughs> Hey, it's going to be the first game of the year for both teams. All those changes at Colorado State, and you're asking them to win a football game by two touchdowns. I think that's a stretch. Fresno State, uh, great. Uh, great year last year. Yeah, they won 11 football games uh, last year. I thought they actually should have represented the conference. They actually beat, speaking of the game against Boise, they actually beat them. Yes. But then in some weird, the the they vote on it. Like the committee of the Mountain West decided, no, no, we'll send Boise represents us. Uh, instead in, in that bowl game. And Boise actually kicked yeah, the crap out of the Oregon, Ducks anyways. Yeah, yeah in the true. Vegas Bowl. So Fresno State, they got 15 uh, starters back, including their quarterback. Uh, they did lose their defensive coordinator, Steinhauer, who's a uh, longtime Hamilton Tiger cat. Uh, what do you make of this football team this year, Mark? Uh, regression coming, I guess, a little bit. They're not winning 11 games again, are they? No, they're not going to win uh, as many games as they did last year. You know, it was uh, probably, I think, the nicest job in all of college football last year that Jeff Tedford did, taking that 
team from one win to ten, but now he's got this big bullseye on his back for every game they play because they upset and beat a lot of teams as underdogs last year. So that's going to end up, I think, being an uphill battle or a fight for the Bulldogs this football season here. Uh, and they were really, really wiped out on the defensive line. They've got nobody coming back for starters on that defensive line. So, you know, the bottom line here is, yes, they'll probably be in a bowl game, but I don't think they'll smell the ten wins they had last year. A seven- or eight-win season, I think, would keep everybody happy in Fresno this year. Yeah, Mark, you talk totals eight. Yeah. Oh. What do you think? You think they can get That's going to be that's tight. I think that's they're probably an eight-win team. Yeah. If it was seven-and-a-half, I'd probably, uh, you know, yeah. I could convince myself. Which leads us into Hawaii here at... See what Mark wrote? This is the best. They lose so many guys as lies a lot. This year's practice facility in Hawaii has been renamed the Sarah Lee Factory. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just... Mark, mark this Hawaii team, like, like they lo- they're losing key positions everywhere. It's going to be tough for the Warriors. They have to replace their quarterback, running back, three of their four top wide yep. receivers, three top defensive linemen. Yikes. And um, his three top uh, safeties. Ooh. And, oh, yeah, both return men as well. Oh, God. It's a lot, but yeah, on, the, on, on the on the plus side, most of those guys suck. <laughs> so, that's true. That's true. It's not like they're losing stars. Well, that's it. It's like, wow, guys, we lost them. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we got were, some new guys. We were a terrible team, though, too, right? So. See, the bottom line to Hawaii this year, guys, remember this. They only covered the spread one time last year in their 11 football games, so there's nobody on the planet that's going to want to go out and lay money on Hawaii, especially if they lost money backing them last year. So there could end up being a lot of value on this football team this year, but you know, you got to gauge them out of the gate here. Uh, three, uh, Two good tests, Colorado State and Navy, to open up the football season, uh, but there being value on the team this year, I'm not saying they're going to get over three and a half wins, but they'll certainly improve in that one in ten point spread record they had last year. Well, I'll tell you what, people thought I was crazy last year. I took Hawaii in week one against UMass. And it's funny, uh, Mark, because as you stated, you were just, we were talking about Wyoming and you know, or uh, Colorado State, and Colorado State shouldn't be laying that uh, those type of points in that situation. It was similar, a similar situation last year. I was like, man, UMass just can't be favored. I don't care if it's Hawaii. It was a high-scoring game. Hawaii, uh, Hawaii ended up uh, getting it done, but you know, one one thing. So yeah, they lost a lot, but on the on 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 a more serious note, I think Rolovich is a good coach, Mark. I think you know, I think he does know what he's doing. And secondly, because of all the injuries last year, a lot of kids did get to play last year, right? So he lost a lot of sort of the skill guys, but he does have a lot of guys that saw the field last year, doesn't he? Well, he's got a lot of guys that played because of the injuries, because of the you know uh, the fact that uh, they had to fill holes and plug them with a lot of youth, and that goes hand in hand with you know what I love about college football. The next year, when you play all those young kids, you know they suddenly don't have the pimples anymore. Their complexion clears up. They got a little bit more experience. They're older by force. Clearasil. Think, force. Yeah, no more clearasil. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> we could have a little bit of a clearasil factor working for Hawaii this year. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Mark, Nevada, interesting, we just talked about Hawaii. Timmy Chang is the quarterback coach for the Nevada Wolfpack, former Hawaii quarterback there. Yeah, all this stuff makes me feel old when yeah, you see. Timmy Chang is the quarterback coach yeah, for and Nevada. It's, and it's not that Hal Mummy is the OC, but Hal Mummy, Mummy Jr. Junior, I know. But well, you've been around even longer than me, Mark, so, man, you're, like, it must really, like, depress you when you see this this stuff, right? Oh, yeah, when I, when I had to type in junior instead of senior, you know, I was like, oh, my God, you know. And the next one will be Hal Mummy the third. That's what I'm saying, like, are you into the third generation yet not quite yet right that's the 
Because I, I no, see it all the time. There's all these like NHL hockey players where their yeah. kids are playing now. Domi and yeah, Kachuk and these guys. It's ridiculous. It's like, man, I'm the same age as their father. Exactly. Their kids are already playing. And, <laughs> all right, quick break. We'll continue talking football with Mark Lawrence on the other side. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays suck. I know. These guys, the only team they can beat is the Baltimore Orioles. It's actually, I told you they about... They owe the Orioles. I told you about our survivor pool, game. Chicago White Sox have beaten the Angels the first two games, too. Crazy stuff's going to happen. We might knock it down to two teams. Is it a uh, four-game set? No, they play the whole week, so they have either, like, yeah, five, five, six games. Oh, okay, yeah. So you got they have to go three and three, or else they're eliminated. It pushes it You guys, pushes you guys are kicking. Well, we're alive. You guys are alive. We're, we're alive. All right. Let's uh, continue <laughs> our conversation with Mark Lawrence uh, right now. Playbook.com. Uh, I'm really enjoying uh, just bit by bit uh, reading different uh, awesome. bit uh, little uh, tidbits here. And I like it, uh, Mark. I'm using some of your top 50 uh, stats and facts here about the NFL as uh, trivia to mess with people's minds. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like some of the – you got some real random stuff in here, man. <laughs> we'll get to it after, which I like. All right, so um, – We're in Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. So, Polian was a freaking disaster. Like, um, you know, Bill Polian's son, Chris Polian, took over the Nevada program, and it really didn't go very well. Now, you look at the wins and the losses from last year, and I guess, you know, cosmetically people think, all right, this program's kind of fallen off here, but – this Nevada team's actually on the uprise a little bit, uh, isn't it, uh, Mark? There, I, there's a lot of positive signs to see about Nevada right now. Yeah, this is one of the teams inside the Mountain West that I could make an overplay on their total. It's six wins right now as we're speaking, and I'd be really surprised if they don't uh, get over that total here. You mentioned Hal Mummy Jr. and Timmy Chang. They're going to light the scoreboard up this year, uh, get up and down the field with that wide-open offense. Ty Ganji, their quarterback, fits the M.O. perfectly for this team here. He had a terrific last seven games of the football season last year. Uh, they started out 0-5, but they finished 3-4 in those games games in which like Angie that. really lit things up. So, And he's bringing five of his top six wide receivers back this football season as well. I think it fits like a glove to Nevada, and I think they're going to be a sneaky good team inside the conference this year. Yeah, well, Mark, the Me Too movement rocked Hollywood and uh, now New Mexico the, the, with the Lobos there with this situation. This is a program, too, that was really on the way up. Like, I remember back in the Brian Urlacher day, like, New Mexico was horrible, but you know, Davey did a great job with this program. What do we do? There's a lot of controversy surrounding the Lobos, and they were a team on the rise. What's, uh, what's your take on this New Mexico situation? What do you think they're going to do this year? 
Well, I think they're going to uh, rally around the Gipper this year, personally. Bob Davies done a great job with the program. He resurrected them from the ashes to respectability. Uh, just look at the fact that uh, since he's been there, they've been outscored just less than three points a game before he got there. They were outscored 26 points a game the previous three seasons. This football team has really, really come around. Then he runs into the off-season problems here with, like you said, Cam, the Me Too movement here. He was suspended in the spring. He's coming back here right now, and I think the players are going to really rally around him this football season here. He's got 16 starters coming back. He's got to replace the quarterback, but you know, three of his top four running backs are back, and this football program is all about running the ball down your throat. Four wins on New Mexico this year. This is a team I think is going to play real hard for the coach. Let's talk if uh, if Boise State is sort of the, the staple yet. Fact is, the Mountain West Conference championships have sort of been few and far between over the recent years for the Broncos. Um, San Diego State. And San Diego State, you know, they're an anomaly. You know, you play in the West Coast, we just talk about Nevada. And, you know, you've got some of these teams, you know, Air Force running an option, uh, et cetera. They're running the football. But, you know, San Diego State are sort of, I look at them like a, um, they're a poor man Stanford. Yeah, and it's funny because they played Stanford and they actually great, beat them last great year. Great point. Wicked defense. Yeah, they good defense and not a lot of teams. It's, you know, California sort of known, let's throw the ball and big six foot five blonde quarterbacks and all that. San Diego State, you know, San Diego is known sort of as a soft city in the first place, right? Or the reputation. The Aztecs are a lunch pail football team. And, you know, a lot of these West Coast kids, they don't like it. You know, it's a problem. You get these guys running at you 48 times a game. They're relentless with it. They play good defense. And it seems like every year, Mark, people think, wow, oh, they lost too much. Now they lost this guy. They lost, oh, now they lost Rashad Penny. I don't know. People said the same thing after they lost uh, Pumphrey. Yep. And then Penny came in and, and lit it up. And Long has always done a good job of giving the kid behind the stud back a taste, hasn't he, Mark? So to come into the next year that he's ready to bust him off and wouldn't be a shot, you know, the kid that they have now, like you will probably pop off for 1,600, 2,000 yards behind this line and this team. Win total is eight and a half. I think it's too low. I think they're right there competing with Boise for the title. Well, they'll certainly be the team. That I think they'll be playing against Boise for the title this football season. Unquestionably, the team to beat in the West Division this year. They had the number 11 ranked defense in all of college football last season here. I don't think people realized how good they were defensively. And they, like you say, they like to pound the ball down your throat. They just keep running it and running it. Juwan Washington will take Penny's place that way, doing just that this year. Rocky Long is a winner. I mean, he just does nothing but win football games. I got to like him. And, uh, you know, we called out that note in this uh, in the preview that how good they are in the second half of the season, 41-10, and 10, straight up their last 51 games in the final half of the season, 32-15-2 and two to the spread. So look for San Diego State to surge down the stretch, and I think it'll be them and Boise State for the all, all playing all for the cheese. Yeah, the opposite uh, of San Diego State, you got San Jose State and the Spartans. Mark, just what a what a train wreck with the, the turnover. Everything about this is just neat, neat, neat. I'm just looking at, at your story. I like watching their games. Though. I do too. I like watching the Spartans play, but Gabe, they're a bad. I just like that game. Bay Area. You know, I don't know what it is, Mark. I think because the the stadium's in a Dirty Harry movie. We're going back away, so oh, I know sure you, Mark, would know. But yeah, like seriously, like in 19 and mid 70s, there's a Dirty Harry scene when he's chasing someone, he shoots the guy. 
It's in that state. San Diego State. Yeah, it's just sort of that Bay <laughs> Area creepy. Yeah, it's got that yeah. sort of old school seventies vibe to it. Even now when you watch them. Like it's their uniforms. Their uniforms are generic. Is that yeah. Irvin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just yeah. everything's so generic about yeah. San Jose State. It's so true. It looks like a high school team. Yeah, it does. The band it just, I, I, I got a kick out of watching their games, but so they had a lot of problems last year, Mark. What about this year? Well, you said a lot of problems. Dead last, fumbles lost, turnover margin, time of possession, on and on and on. Second to last red zone offense, red zone defense. It was terrible for this football program last year. The good news is all the young kids played last year. They're going to be a little bit more experienced this year. And he did. he's done a great job of recruiting here. He's bringing some good three-star recruits into the program here. So they're going to get better. The question is, can they get over two and a half wins for their season total here? That could be a bit of a stretch, but uh, it's a long build for San Jose State as we're speaking right now. Buffalo Bill head coach Sean McDermott, um, and you look at the Carolina Panthers, Brandon Bean, general manager, you look at the players that they draft, it's always size, 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 size. Carolina, big team. You look at the Bills draft picks, all big dudes, the Edmonds kids, like five, uh, six, five, six, four and a half linebacker. Josh Allen, big kid. Yep. Now, I take this into UNLV. And, you know, seeing UNLV up close a lot over the years, I know the program pretty well. I remember, you know, even when Sanchez first got there, he's trying to play tough football and sort of like San Diego State. You know, not, you know, a little bit more dynamic offensively, but he's trying to toughen up a bit. And, Mark, you know, you watch them, and it looked like basically high school linebackers getting run over by college football players. They were undersized. Their their old line was undersized. Good kids. They work hard. They try. You're just not big enough. You're not fast enough. You're not big enough. They were hoping that the Bishop Gorman pipeline, as Tony Sanchez was the head coach of Bishop Gorman, which is one of the premier high school football programs in America, would translate into players because Bishop Gorman's a college football factory. You know, most of the kids ended up going to like uh, Pac-12 schools, though Arizona, USC, etc. After the fact, but. He got the Rodgers kid last year, Armani Rodgers, out of Los Angeles, which was probably the best recruit that UNLV had uh, since Omar Clayton. And uh, let's go back to the Randall Cunningham days. Yes. You got a potential star at quarterback here, Mark, but you look at the size. You look at the O-linemen. Bigger guys right now. They don't look like high school kids anymore. They start, they're looking like a college football team. Sanchez has recruited size. He's not getting the Bishop Gorman stud still. Because it's, you know, they can go to the Pac-12. They're not going to go to UNLV still. But I think Sanchez is doing a good job. And this is a big year for him here. They love him in Vegas because he's a local. But it's a big year for him because there's some talent here. And I know they've only been to four bowl games and it'll last forever or whatever. But expectations are kind of high around this Rebel team this year. They are. Vegas has got them pegged at six wins for their season total. They Highest season I can win. remember, Mark, in recent memory. Come on, dude. Remember all the time Vegas? We used to laugh. I remember being in Vegas. Man, do we take the over two and a half? Can they win three games they this win? year? Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's what it used to be, Mark. Remember? Can they win three games this year? You know? Well, look what they've done here lately. They go from two wins to three wins, the four wins, the five wins. They keep going up one win a season in increments since Sanchez has been there. That puts him at six wins this season, puts him in a bowl game. I'm with you. I like the job he's doing. He's doing a terrific job. He's got two really good running backs behind this big wall of an offensive line here as well, and I think they're going to get their six wins this season. They're a fast team, Cam. Oh, UNLV's getting better and better all the time. You know what they, UNLV has always sort of had a playmaker or two. Remember Boyd, the wide receiver there for years? He was good. Now, though, like Mark says, this Rodgers kid, dude, he was recruited by Pac-12 teams. 
like like basically like Arizona won. Yeah. Like big time teams wanted this quarterback. He went to UNLV. UNLV. That's yes. that, that doesn't happen. And uh, the running backs that they have, as you mentioned, Williams and Thomas are both explosive kids. They've got some pop, man. They're no joke, UNLV. They're going to punch you in the mouth, too, defensively. So. Uh, just that win total at six. Like, wow. You want a five? You want, you want are they a seven a and six lower? team? I don't know about that, man. <laughs> well, just just put it down. Put it down, guys, that bo- you'll see both Nevada and UNLV in bowl games this year because they each yeah. will win at least six games. So two bowl games for the teams out of Nevada this football season. This, this next program, Cam. Hey, Utah State Aggies, this, uh, I like these guys. Yeah, they've fallen off the map. They used yeah. to be covering machines. They've sort of gotten sloppy over the years, but I'm seeing a lot of returning starters yeah. here, Mark. Yeah, you will. 18 starters back for this team. Quarterback is back. All five offensive linemen are back. Nobody realizes how good they are on the ground. They've run the ball over 2,000 yards nine years in a row. This football team will pound you on the ground. They'll also put it up in the air. With all these returning stars coming back here, I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the conference this year. Utah State will be that money winner this year that they haven't that they used to be in the past, but not so much lately. Seven and a half is the win total. Former Seahawk Robert Turbin used to light it up for the Utah State. Thing is, Cam, the Vegas odds makers, they know the Mountain West. They, they actually, that's so a you, great you point. Think, Sharp oh, you and LV, oh, we'll yeah. get it at four and a half. No, 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 no. they know they're good. And same with Utah State. You, you know, they, you can't, uh, these guys, they don't sleep. No, they don't. The computer, it's, in your, yeah. it's in your backyard with computers. I know, it's tough. Yeah, it's like, the, you know, the late, great Dave Malinsky, right? That's the reason why Billy Walters had him as the Mountain West guy. Exactly. <laughs> he knows the Mountain West. Uh, Wyoming, oh, the Cowboys, six Yeehaw. and a half. They lose uh, their star quarterback in Josh Allen, six and a half, and they're playing on that Saturday that we're going to be in Vegas too. Okay. This is a football team, guys, that finished 23 in the country in total team defense last year. They won football games, eight games, with not because of Josh Allen, in spite of Josh Allen. He was a no-show for the team last year. Yep. I think they're going to be improved this year. Uh, their defense is coming back the strongest in the conference. they got the best defensive player in the conference. Is uh, We're going to watch him playing in the National Football League here uh, next year, in fact. Uh, anything happens with the offense that's better than last year it will be an improvement for this team. I think they're going to sail over their six and a half wins. I think they're a sneaky good football team this year. They're laying six points on the opening Saturday at the Aggies, New Mexico State. Ooh, man, those points. <laughs> <laughs> points are, getting points is nice. New Mexico yeah. State can score. It's a yeah. nice matchup, actually. It's what, very good. What's uh, what's your take on that, Mark? Uh, with with the Aggies, New Mexico State. Well, it's a New Mexico State football team that, you know, we used to always talk about them being the dregs. They've come around yeah, here of late. Yeah, they've come back. In fact, they're loaded with a lot of returning talent this year. Nine Their starters offense is back good, on. Mark. I know. Like, you bet the overs. Know, you bet the overs in these guys' Trust games. me, I think I'm going to take the points. When you get, I remember last year, Joe Lisi, in one of the first games, man, I think it was at Arizona. They were getting like 24 or yeah. something. They gave them all they could handle, Mark. They went up and down the field. They can run the ball, this Aggies team. You know, you know what they are this year, guys, is they're what a thing I used to call a hibernating wolf. And what that is is uh, real short here. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You, you, you won your bowl game straight up as an underdog. You open up the season as an underdog, and you've got a wealth of returning starters coming back. That momentum just rolls over. They're the type of teams that are just laying in the weeds like a hibernating wolf waiting for the season to begin, and they put the bite on you, and I think they could put the bite on Wyoming in that first game as well. 
hibernating wolf game. I like it. I think I think I'm down with that program too. Take All right, before uh, we uh, we let Mark uh, get out of here, um, looking at his coffee club, you can subscribe to the coffee club. Uh, go over to playbook.com. You get daily trends uh, sent to your inbox. Uh, a trend such as uh, Boston Red Sox pitcher David Price is five and zero in his last five overall team starts against Baltimore, four and zero in his last four team starts at Camden Yards. Dylan Bundy one in ten at night, one in seven against the American League East uh, this season. Uh, Boston on the run line minus one twenty is uh, in the cup of coffee tonight, Mark. Yeah, we got to look at that. I think the price is right with, especially the run line with uh, David Price tonight in that mismatch of a matchup. And you talked a little bit before I get out of here about those 50 stats and facts. There's one that was put in there for you guys specifically. Number 26 on the 50 NFL stats and facts that you want to know this season. NFL quarterback Russell Wilson can trace his family lineage back to 524 A.D. to Arnold or Arnulf of Metz. He was the patron saint of beer. So Russell Wilson is now your new go-to guy, the patron saint of beer in the National Football League. Wow. He runs more like he drinks vodka soda, Gabe, than a heavy <laughs> beer. But, uh, yeah, How about good this, on Kevin? Russell. True or false, Bill Belichick is the only coach in the NFL who refuses to uh, use his likeness uh, in any John Madden football game. True. Uh, he yeah, refuses he's to. Like, Sorry, John. <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> where's the paycheck? <laughs> so the one that the one that the one that grieves me the most, guys, is the National Football League when they put on this breast breast cancer awareness uh, for the whole month, and they wear pink ribbons and everything for the whole month. All the proceeds that they make from this, the uh, Cancer Society only gets five percent of it from the NFL. The rest goes into the NFL coffers. That's so bad. Five percent, really? Yeah. It should be almost the other way. Like it should be like yes, it should, should be. do something. It should be like ninety-five, you know, Colin, five or ninety, ten. And Colin Kaepernick's the big like village. Hey, seriously. So you have this. Like, what's worse? You know what I mean? Ripping off like breast cancer uh, potential patients, yes. or, or like the same thing, like the NFL's fake patriotism, Mark, in which they charge the Pentagon to like when you see the troops on the field before the game, the Pentagon's paying for that. Like, it's not like, oh, the league. The Buffalo Bills made, like, $1.8 million, man, off of giving tickets to the troops and supporting the troops. You know, supporting the troops. Like, it's it's They're unbelievable. Big, yeah, like, exactly. They did. They, yeah, they, they hide profits. Uh, let's not forget, causes. too, the NFL is a not-for-profit organization, too, of course. Yeah. Like, I still don't understand that. <laughs> the most baffling one to me was that uh, the top 33 scores of all time in NFL history are white. <laughs> really? <laughs> The top thirty-three. That, 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 that's a great bar bet, and there's a reason really why. Is. You know, so a lot of kick, yeah. really kickers, is. kickers, yeah, kickers. <laughs> They're all <Right>? kickers. <laughs> yeah, the top thirty-three point scores in NFL history are all white. Wow, strange stats. Yeah. Mark Lawrence, it's always a pleasure, sir. Hey, my pleasure, guys. I'll catch you next week. Be good. Take, take care, Mark. Lou Gamble joins us. Maybe we'll throw some of these NFL questions at Lou. <laughs> Finicino. Game time decisions. Red Eat and Rage Radio. Does your. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening.
You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When you want to win your fantasy football league, you simply must go to the very best source of information that you can find. That's rotoexperts.com senior writer Jake Seeley. It's an undisputable fact. No other fantasy football analyst in the industry is a better player ranker and accuracy expert than the all-in kid. In 2017, Jake Seeley was the number one draft accuracy ranker in the entire industry. Is verified by fantasy pros. Has been a consistent top three ranker throughout his distinguished career nice if you want the best go with the best get jake seeley's 2018 fantasy football package right now in rotoexperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package enter promo code winner winner a checkout for a special discount and then you're going to win your fantasy football league and be smarter at dfs football and smarter at betting on football gotta love it Imagine your Jake people writing those beautiful things about you there. That's nice. I, I, I should do something like that for you. Yeah, there really should be a promo. You're right. Tune in daily at 4 o'clock to hear the best talk show host in the industry. <laughs> he has been given zero awards by anybody. That's how good he is. Negative award. He's so good. He doesn't even get invited to the award shows. I believe the term, uh, all you people that give out awards, what's the words I'm looking for? Blow me. Blow me. Like Krusty the Cloud says. Oh, hey, there was no talent that bit him in the ass. I know Lou's coming on, Gabe. I forgot to tell you what Very happened. Very talented. There man. was uh, madness. Remember I told you about the $3 pizzas last night for charity? Well, there oh, was yeah. almost a brawl. And, uh, oh, yeah. How'd I went go? to pick it up. Uh, the line was about 65 deep uh, into yeah, the parking lot. That's why you don't bother. So know what I did? I went. Uh, I ordered my, because you're only allowed uh, three max. So I ordered them, went to go visit my mom and came back. But when I came back, a guy who was, like, earlier tried to sneak in because they have names and orders, and this other guy pushed them. Like, I almost saw, like, I thought they were going to throw down at Domino's. Like, it got really stupid there last night. Very, very dumb. You're right. You give people something for cheap, it's not even worth it because it's violent. People are I'd freaking out. I'd rather just pay 6 bucks yes. for the pizza or 7 bucks that they normally charge yes. and wait in line with 65 people. Correct. It's not a, it's not a good deal. All right, let's bring in uh, what is a good deal. Lou. Always talking to Lou. Lou's always good. Yes. Getting uh, Lou's insight. I'll tell you what, we've got a stacked uh, UFC card this week. Uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada is the scene of the UFC this weekend. Uh, Calgary's hosted the UFC on numerous occasions, and for whatever reason it is, there's always cancellations. Like, Calgary has gotten screwed probably more than any other city, and they've cried about it forever, so now you can shut up. You know, you've got a stack card, so I don't know, like, what you you know, whatever, man. You're not New York City, Calgary. Well, Calgary, we just, like, <laughs> I don't want to upset people in Calgary, but, like, really? My brother lives in Calgary. You're but, Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you something. What do you, you know, you're not getting caught. I don't want to rip anybody who's from Calgary listening to our sports fan, but the sports fan in Calgary, yeah. I think, is pretty docile yeah. for the most you're, part. You're not getting Conor McGregor. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what to tell you, but let's bring in Lou right now. You get Lou. What a, Lou. What a, uh, welcome, guys. Great to talk to you. But what I will say is Calgary is New York City next to Lincoln, Nebraska, where they're going to be at the end of August. <laughs> you can get away with that because uh, you're in Nebraska. Yeah, you're from there, Lou. 
I am, and actually I'm looking forward to this Calgary uh, card, and I know the Canadians are voracious fight fans, so you guys in the East just got to give it up and spread the wealth to the boys out West, and uh, let's, let's throw down. It's actually kind of true, though, Gabe. Like, when I went out to the Stampede to visit my brother stuff, there's a lot of people in Calgary that are very, like, tough, rugged. It, it could be a – it's like a – you know what I mean? It's like a horse type of community. Like, there are not a lot of weaklings in that town. Like, you know what I mean? You see some uh, – I think they like the fight game. They I like think the out of – The chuck wagons I think that. out of uh, pretty much every major Canadian city, city, we have the least amount of fans in Calgary. Really? Interesting. I would say Cal- Calgary and uh, Saskatchewan. Why, you did a poll? I've seen the analytics. Interesting. I've been on the air for 16 and a half years. That's that's the poll. I I don't have an answer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have an answer why. That's weird. I've got answers why, but we're talking uh, (laughs) MMA right now. Yeah. uh, well, hey, Uncle Louie's here to boost those West Canadian uh, ratings. Yeah, 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 I talk sweet to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I talk sweet to no one. All right. Uh, so I, I will sweet talk you, though, Lou. Uh, we just had Mark Lawrence on, distinguished handicapper, great guy. And uh, Mark is going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, Cam has got his ticket. I'm locked and loaded. I'm going to be speaking at the Golden Nugget on the Saturday, the 25th, but I'll be getting into town on uh, the Wednesday night, the 23rd. And then on Thursday, I'm going to handle my NFL shopping and super contest entries and, you know, all that other type of stuff. And then uh, Friday, there's the big meet and greet uh, with uh, with the SBR crew and, um, and everyone over at the Golden Nugget. So uh, we look forward to seeing you down there, Lou. I'm looking forward to that weekend as well. Should be really a great time. Uh, tons of networking as always, and uh, you know, just shaking hands and getting ready for the NFL season. I go right back the following week uh, because I'm there the, on the Wednesday before the season starts. That's when I, uh, you know, get—I don't want to say aggressive, but I, I, I uh, save a, a good m- amount of my budget for games of the year. And so I look at week two, week three, week four NFL plays right before the season starts. Once I know each team's intact and uh, preseason injuries are done. And so uh, I I get there a lot during the season because uh, that kind of action, you have to go to Vegas to to get down on. So. All right. So let's, let's jump in right now. There's going to be UFC that weekend in Vegas uh, as well, which is going to be way cool. So uh, let's jump in right now. Speaking of way cool, Calgary does have a stack card of real malicious fighters uh, as well. You look at each guy. So let's look at the main event day here. Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, it's, it's impossible not to like this fight. If you don't like the, this card, you don't like MMA. This is like an old school, cool UFC card. You got Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez. They fought each other. It was a strange fight. Ended in no contest. I thought Dustin Poirier was um, looked pretty good and. Poirier's one of these guys. Remember years ago, Lou, Dustin Poirier and Eric Koch. They were sort of like on a collision course. They were both coming up, and it was like, oh, these guys are really, really good. And Eric Koch just hit a wall, much like Pettis did and these Duke Rufus guys do, and Koch's, I don't know, he's gone, whatever. Poirier sort of drifted into not journeyman status, but he just sort of became another guy. But it's clear, Lou, he didn't like just being another guy because this guy's really, really, really put it together. I think that loss to Michael Johnson just woke him up. And not just that he's won, you know, or he's, you know, he got the, the three wins and a no contest to Alvarez, but the way that he's winning 
uh, his confidence, his physical conditioning, his fight IQ. Poirier's really developing into a very good fighter, and he's only 29 years old. So it's like, you know, he's been around a while, but he's only 29. He's really entering his prime right now. Uh, yeah, he, he looks sharper and sharper. He looks as if he continues to be on the improve. Um, I, I will say, however, that based on his, I mean, Gaith, he's a tough guy, but, you know, statuesque. Anthony Pettis, uh, you know, really uh, has shown well lately, but on the downside to some degree. And then there's Jim Miller. So since Michael Johnson... That, yep. that body of work is uh, is good, but it isn't world-class. And Eddie's the best one he's fought since then. Now, the question becomes for me, what does Eddie have left? And that does did Eddie really feel like he broke Poye? And if he did, why did it take Eddie so long to agree to fight Poye again? So there's a lot of storylines in this. Uh, it's a fascinating fight. It's probably too close for me to pick one side or the other, but what I will say is, you know, sometimes in rematches they don't go exactly as the first one did. And while I think it's clear that Alvarez has to take the fight to Poirier and wrestle, if Poirier prepares for that, this fight could be really, really different than the first one. And everybody's looking for this barn burner again. And we may not get that. Lou, let's talk about the, the, the ladies' fight. I was actually, Gabe, I was watching the you know countdown to UFC, watching Joanna pedal into work and Torres work out in the mountains and stuff. It's actually really nice. It's interesting to see. Joanna, she's lost a few fights in a row, but she's a huge favorite here. But she, she looks like she's got this look in her eye, like anger, anger, like this has to end now type of thing. Lou, what do you think? Like Torres plus 240 seems like a very, very big underdog, but... Uh, what do you do with this fight? Joanna minus 280, you think she's going to get it done? You know, I bought into Joanna for the rematch to Rose. And I do believe that Joanna bought, brought and delivered her best that night. It, it's just unfortunate that I don't think Joanna's best is good enough to beat Rose. And at the same time, uh, now we look to Tisha Torres, who is five inches shorter than Joanna, and she's a wrestling-based fighter, really, although I'm underselling her because she's very well-rounded. But she she's going to want to get inside and wrestle. And Joanna, when she won the title against a short five-foot Carla Esparza, who was a wrestler, cut her to ribbon. So uh, if Joanna shows up emotionally ready to fight, then she's going to – I think she the, the UFC has del- delivered her and Tisha Torres – a Christmas present because Tisha Torres is made for her. And excuse me, the freaking guy had to come and deliver something. Now my dogs are going crazy. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Like the dogs in the it's, background. It's a reminder to bet on the other oh, dog. Me. Rough, rough. It, it, it's killing me. But anyway, I think Tisha Torres is made for Joanna. That said, Tisha Torres can win this fight. If Joanna doesn't bring her best, I'm not going to touch this fight. Uh, if I did, it would be dog or pass and hope that Joanna doesn't bring her best. But if Joanna brings her best, she's going to cut Tisha Torres to ribbons, and I- I'm scared of the fight. I'm going to watch it. One of the most dominant uh, fighters in uh, in recent memory, to me at least, uh, was uh, Jose Aldo. Um, you know, Aldo was just he's seemingly so much better than, than everybody else. 
And then oftentimes, once the the bully gets beaten, um, the confidence is shot. Conor McGregor knocked him out in 13 seconds. Aldo's never been the same. And, you know, very similar to his good friend in Hennon Burrell, he's never been the same. So we have to bring up the um, the elephant in the room when we talk about um, steroids, uh, essentially, right? Performance enhancers and, and age as well. Aldo's been around a long time. He's been in a lot of fights over the years. Is he, you know, was he juiced up? You know, we'd probably be naive to say that he wasn't uh, actually, true be told. Uh, and now you get him against Jeremy Stevens. Uh, what, what do you make of this? This is an interesting crossroads fight right now. I sort of, you know, I have a hard time trusting Aldo here. I mean, I just think mentally coming in here, I think Stevens is a fresher guy. I think he's probably more comfortable with his career. Uh, you know, Aldo, I think deep down inside probably knows he's not. You know, Aldo seems to be fading here. It's a tough one, Lou. What do you make of it? Yeah, I make it of it to be a really interesting fight, and Aldo is going to uh, want to replicate the effort that he made two years ago against Frankie Edgar uh, when he stuck and moved and completely pieced Frankie up with quickness, leg kicks. precision, yeah. leg kicks, and 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 really no ground game. He really played a strategic. He he made a strategic fight just exactly what Junior Dos Santos did last week, quite honestly. Now, can Aldo deliver that after two, you know, brutal, long KO wars with Max Holloway? You know, the good news for Aldo is, is Stevens isn't the long, angular striker that Holloway is, and he doesn't have the footwork. So I think that Aldo is game, and I do believe that the line is it should be kind of tight. But at the end of the day, I do think Aldo's career, after nine years of complete undefeated championship level caliber uh, fights and competition, that he's finally started to ebb downward. Uh, in past years, I suspected uh, illegal uh, substances in the fighting game in Brazil to be running rampant. I don't believe that's the case anymore, and I believe that that now switches to to the Russian fighters, but that's another subject for another time. Uh, I think Stevens, uh, by the time, I think Aldo wins round one and looks really good, and then when he starts to tire, Stevens is going to catch up to him, and I do like Jeremy Stevens as a dog in this fight a lot. Gabe, what do you think about, I was going to ask you and Lou, about Obam Mercier and, and fight, fighting on the card against Hernandez. He's laying a, a buck 35. Interesting. Very, very. A lot very, of Canadian, yeah. a few Canadian fighters. Uh, Cajun Johnson's a Canadian yeah. dude. He's in tough against uh, Islam uh, Makachev, minus 700. Uh, Obam Mercier was sort of billed. He comes out of TriStar. <laughs> you know, not quite the next uh, GSP, but in Quebec, they, they tried to market him like that a little bit. Um, you know, they've been very patient with Obama Mercier, not rushing him into elite competition. What do you make of this fight with Obama Mercier? Uh, I like this fight for recency effect because all we remember from Alexander Hernandez is this whirlwind tornado stellar performance against uh, Bernal Duryush, who, quite honestly, it was dubious whether he should be in the UFC uh, based on his last few fights or not. But everybody saw Hernandez jump this guy. And now, 
uh, this strong, striking-based whirlwind takes on uh, what looks to be an underperforming Aubin Mercier because everybody's had to compare him to GSP. However, most fights get to the floor, and if Aubin Mercier can weather the first round storm and take this young kid into round two and round three, I think the fight switches to Aubin Mercier. And quite honestly, to see this priced as cheap as 135 is a bargain. Give me the Quebec kid. Yeah, I'll take him, too. That's his nickname, the Quebec, the Quebec kid. kid. Pretty original. <laughs> no, he's the a Canadian Quebec. gangster. The Canadian oh, that, gangster. Yeah, that's the new one. That was great. Yeah, when the he Canadian, did the selfie. The Canadian gangster. Uh, I'll show Cam the picture. All right, hang in here, Lou. Uh, we won't keep you for the whole uh, segment. We know you're a busy man, but hang in. Quick break. Uh, we'll just uh, quickly go over a couple of the other prelim fights. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Yeah, Aubert Mercier tweeted, the USA has UFC gangsters uh, in the Diaz brothers. Ireland has Conor McGregor. Russia has uh, Khabib. Don't worry, Canada, I got your back. <laughs> it's basically him just looking like a goofy tourist in New York City with a fanny pack. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's starting to embrace this Canadian gangster thing. He's got the mustache now and... He's a fun dude. Like, he's, you know, kind of a weird, uh, different type of dude, like a lot of guys from Quebec are. I actually like him yeah, I do. Uh, in this fight. I think I think he's going to win this fight uh, as well. He's so. kind of like a comedian. He's got that mustache look kind of. Yeah, he's just, I, li- I like him too, Gabe. Let's continue our conversation uh, with Lou, Lou. from Gamblu.com. Uh, we look forward to talking uh, football with Lou, too, as uh, the NFL season uh. is around the corner. Another really interesting fight on this card is uh, Alex uh, Morano and uh, Jordan Meehan. And, you know, Jordan Meehan, to me, Lou, this kid, I don't know what the deal is. And I know his father. He's one of the first people that I knew in the mixed martial arts world about near, you know, about 15 years ago. Um, Lee Meehan, who was a, a kickboxer and he trained his son Jordan his entire life. So I, I, you know, I know these guys and. You at times Jordan Meehan sort of looks like he's on par with Rory McDonald. You know what I mean? That's like, wow, this kid's a killer. Like when you know Jordan Meehan was like beating the crap out of men when he was like seventeen type thing, and really really scary. But then he just quit. I think he's oh, I don't like this. He strikes me as a dude that really doesn't. I don't think he likes doing what he does. I think he's burnt out from it, even though he's young. And if he's interested, he'll knock your head off. Other times he goes in. There was once a fight cam he was winning, and he did like this weird backflip. 
He did like this weird cartwheel thing, yeah. and then he got kicked in the head after and yeah. lost. Done. <laughs> and he did, he was like, oh well. Like he doesn't seem to care when he loses. Sometimes, like he doesn't have this. Like, man, I can't believe I lost. You know, you know, it's hard. It's a killer instinct. It's hard to trust the guy that retires. Like, you know, I'm out. Like, you know, he retired at 24. I don't. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't really like it. There's better ways to make a living. No, I'm back now. It's hard to gauge, but the, the fact is, Lou, he's fighting at home. He's from Alberta. This is as close to home as you're getting, uh, for for a fight uh, for him here. So I think we actually get the. The interested Jordan Mean in this fight. I don't think he rolls over in front of his home crowd. Uh, well, that's your gamble, not mine. I'm not even looking at this fight for the exact same reasons what you just stated right there. I don't know what I'm getting with this kid. I didn't realize, like, now that I do see that he is a, he is a Canadian. So would you think he's going to bring his best? Well, you sure hope so, but... Uh, you know, he lost to Muhammad. He lost to Mech. Mech's a clown, one-dimensional, screaming, yelling Viking that should go back on the boat and get out of the UFC. He lost to Alves. I'm not impressed with Mean and, and Murano. <laughs> he got beat by Nakamura and then comes back to beat Berkman. These are a couple of journeymen that I got no clue about. I, I don't like this but, fight. But conversely, you look yeah. at this kid. So he's 28 years old right now. So when he was 24 years old, he beat Mike yeah. Pyle. He knocked him out. That's not yeah. a, that's not an easy thing to do. Like you know, I mean, especially like he's, with Pyle back then. Pyle yes, back then was not the fighter we know. Yeah, no, you no, know, I like get, he's, he was hanging with the you know that he fought Matt Brown. You know, he beat yeah. Dan Miller. Like he, you know what I mean? He fought Tyrone Woodley when he was 22 years old, six years ago. He fought Tyrone Woodley, and he went the distance with him. You know, he's beaten Josh Berkman. Like, it's weird, Lou. Like you said, he's it's he's an unpredictable fighter. I mean, he if you know, he's left a lot of talent on the table, I would say. But if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. You can't force somebody to like it. Some people, like, love the life. Some people don't. I guess he's just burnt out. You know, my friend Heath Herring f- started fighting when he was really young. He was telling me he started fighting when he was, like, 15, 16 in Barnes in Texas. Yeah. And, like, you know, sort of backyard sort of private stuff and you know by the time he was 28 29 he was like i hate this stuff like i don't even want to talk like he told me if i ever come on your show i'll talk to you about poker he goes i don't want to talk about ufc or fighting think about the and the way he his fights the way he was the style the way your body takes a beating like we're talking about just regular natural aging there like threw it out that's what i'm saying like yeah when you when you have that style you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be absolutely it is tough so but I hear you, Lou. You're going to pass on that one, but I'm just saying yeah, but, the but fact the that he's at home—the fact that he's at home—I'm sort of thinking that Bean yeah. shows up here. Young fighters that start young, there's a great story because that means they finish young. Meaning, at 28, 29, they're ready to go find something to do for the yeah. rest of their lives, and that's what these fighters don't understand. I wish Mean the best. If he's at home, you would think he's going to bring his best. But I got a couple other fights that I like and. It's like dating. I'm just not looking at. It's like dating a 22 year old chick. When she turns 30, she's gonna start thinking about the rest of her life. <laughs> That's a good, very good <laughs> analogy, Marenzi. <laughs> when they're young, it's kind of like, hey, what yeah. happened to you, Marenzi? I'm yeah. like, well, you know, sometimes people make life decisions. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't in the life decision. It happens. All right. Uh, you gotta have a sense of humor about it. Exactly. Uh, another another uh, Canadian on the card, John Modeski against Ross Pearson. <laughs> Here's hey, 
This should be a phone booth fight, Lou. What do you make of this one? I'm kind of leaving Medeski. I think I think Pearson's one of my favorite fighters in the sense that, man, you want to talk about a guy that's been around a long time? This guy's been around a long time, and he was so good to me earlier in his career. I was a big Pearson better, man. Like, I actually bet him to win the ultimate fighter at the time, and he did. Like, so I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Ross, but he's, you know, he just stands there and gets hit, Lou. I mean, you know what I mean? So, Medeski's not the best guy in the world, but Medeski can't hurt you if, if you're going to let him kick you in the head. Um, I'm leaning Medeski here in this fight. But what do you make of this one? Uh, yeah, this is a fight I kind of like, and I kind of like it because I think Medeski is journeyman at best. And uh, at the same time, while uh, Pearson is as slow as I am, his body of work recently has been a has been a little bit better. I mean, at least he. I mean, he, he he's had the he beat Hirota. He kind of, he was in there against Hooker. He's more trustworthy than Medeski is. You're right. Like he's he's yeah, more durable I mean, and he's fought. Yeah, I I'm, I'm going to give you that. I, and so, if there's ever a spot to like a plotting Pearson, he's tough as leather. Um, yeah, McDessie's going to have quickness early, but McDessie's been caught. I like Pearson as an underdog here a little bit, and I'm looking hard at at making him a release. I, I don't again pending weigh-ins and everything that happens the rest of the week. Uh, the, the Pearson's got a target on his back, and I I like him a little in this fight. How long has Pearson been fighting for? Game? Remember we used to do those shows in like bars? Like how how, how many years has he been around for? Pearson, yeah. Well, I mean they're both thirty. They're both thirty three. So that to me, you know, neither fighter has. If anything, I think Pearson has a little power edge. If he does catch McDessey, he'll turn the lights out. Pearson's uh, Pearson's uh, first fight was in uh, two thousand four. Wow. So he's, he's been doing this 14 years. That's, uh, 14 years. 34 fights, though. It's quite quite a lot of fights. Yep. Medeski has, uh, how old is Pearson? So Pearson's 33. 33. Yeah, yeah, as Lou. And Still you said impressive. they're both 33, right? Yeah. yeah Medeski's yeah. 33. His first fight was in 2008. He's not as beat up either. Yeah. Right? He hasn't been hit, but he hasn't fought the level of competition yeah, that Pearson has. Yeah, that's that's true. It'll, you know, that's a that's going to be a good one uh, in that early set of fights. Uh, the other one I can't believe you guys haven't mentioned is I mean I'm gonna I gotta let the cat out of the bag, Antigolov and Kudalaba. I mean, holy mackerel! Is this some? That's like Costa and Romero. That this fight is going to be uh, epic. Who do you like? <laughs> well. I really like the Russian Antigolov for a couple of reasons. And we, we touched on it earlier. These Dagestanis got an edge. And, yeah, their training is great. And, yes, their Sambo background is super. But I suspect something else going on over there. And he happens to be from over there. So not only do I like him for that reason, Kudalaba hasn't fought in a year. And when he has fought, uh, he's raw and he's wide and he's lunging. And uh, hopefully he's been working. He, he's really got a decent uh, – he, he's a 12-year Greco-Roman wrestler, but he doesn't use it much. This other guy is a vice grip of a grappling submission artist. And I think Kudalaba, after a few minutes, is going to get those muscles swole up. He's going to slow down. And this goofy, daggaskinny Antigua is going to take him out. And I like the, I like the Russian here. 
I like where you're going with this. I like where you're going with this. Uh, what do you make? I, of I the, really, uh, I mean, this thing's going to hit the ground, and when it does, I think. It, I mean, Kudalaba got beat by uh, a, a game cannoneer, but in that fight, he, again, he was wide and lunging, and at 24, 25 years old, he still got a lot to learn. And this 31-year-old Angigolovs is a savvy vet. I want to talk about the Randy Marcos fight a little bit. And Randa's been pretty yeah. good to me. I've done a good job of cashing her as as an underdog, a grinding uh, wrestler, um, uh, fighter. But I'm looking at her record here, and it's unbelievable. She's had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight fights in the UFC. Alternated wins and losses in all eight fights. Bless you, buddy. Well, that was a that was a good Bless one. You. Oh, that nice was a one. real good one, man. Yeah, All right, that, was, that one had power behind it. Yeah, it killed a lot of brain cells with that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like uh, she comes into the UFC, she loses to Jessica Penny, then she beats uh, Aisling Daly, then she loses to uh, Carolina Kolakowicz, then she beats this lie uh, lie barger, then she loses to uh, Casey Sanchez, then she beats Arsparza, then she loses to Alexa Grasso, and then she beats uh, Juliana Lima. She's been unable to win two fights in a row and eight fights in the UFC, taking on. Um, Answer off. What do you make of this fight, Lou, if you have an opinion? Yeah, I, I, I have a little opinion. Uh, I, I like Marcos here. I like She's a grinder. I think a couple of those uh, losses are, are dubious, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't want to say which ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's interesting that, I mean, you have Ansarov, who is, uh, whose significant other is Nunez, and you got Torres, whose significant un- other is... It, it happens to be uh, uh, Rocky Pennington, and, and, and lately all four of these girls have been taking pictures up in Colorado and training together and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I kind of wonder where their all head is at. I think Marcos is a desperate Iraqi wrestling-based fighter and is going to go out there and kick Ansarov's ass, quite honestly. And I like Marcos here. Um, again, pending pending weigh-ins and everything else, I want to look at these fighters. But I'm currently looking at her price. Marcos is a slight dog, plus 120, plus 125. I may go that route for a little bit. Again, uh, check in with me later in the week so that you can get my final positions. But uh, I, it's Marcos or pass for me. I'd like to see Marcos's record in Canada, too, looking at the uh, when she fights at home. Um, yeah, she's tough. Like, uh, and you're right. Our, you know, answer off. How focused is she? Like, does she yeah. need this as much? You put it in context. That uh, can basically uh, answer off is um, she's uh, dating the champion. Yeah, not just dating. They're a couple. I don't know yeah. if they're married or whatever. Yeah, but no, they moved. To, they moved to Florida together. They live together, and these and two Amanda couples Nunes are, are friendly, which is great. Yeah, but I'm saying Amanda Nunes basically is the one that's bringing the money in. Yeah. Answer off life. She's not like, oh, shit, if I don't win, I can't pay the rent next month. Randa Marcos is on her own. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I like that. She doesn't have a rich girlfriend. You know what? That's like, actually a right. Randa Marcos is coming in here like, this is my life. No. I need to win this fight. It might sound like a stupid. Answer off's coming in. You know, my, my girl, my wife is the, the ch- it sounds yeah. weird. You know, whatever yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. I know. But she's rich. She's with a rich her spouse trust is me, rich. Trust you know me. I mean? Trust me. And I'll tell you something, Lou. Sometimes you have a couple when one makes more. There's probably stuff behind the scene when they have arguments about, hey, I'm bringing no, home no, the bacon no, and no, stuff. No, no, right? they're getting along. But it's, yeah. um, 
I'm saying. I'm it's just not, saying they're I'm, living a nice lifestyle, like Lou yeah. just said, buying houses in Miami, living yeah. a nice. You want a hungrier fighter? Random Markhouse is just grinding in the gym, right? Yeah, I like that. I'm but, wondering what the hell's going on with all four of them up in Colorado, but I don't <laughs> want to get too deep into that. I think the uh, Torres is with the, the TV Torres, ratings Torres pretty, is pretty with good the, if they Torres, put some cameras. Torres somewhere. got married too. She she's she's with a lady. Yeah, Torres is Torres is a uh, significant other. Uh, is uh, Pennington and Pennington and Nunez fought in the last card, which is so interesting. Feels like it, and here they yeah. are, all all four of wow. them together taking love shots. It's crazy. You, UFC's like a little like it almost feels like a swingers club kind of, <laughs> but it's more serious. They're with people, not tons of no, people. They're, they're, but they're, a lot of they're people, married. Yeah, there are a lot of people dating date, dating other. It just yeah, it, it, it's interesting. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, this game. Yeah, we better move on. Yeah. <laughs> so time to change the subject. Yeah, all right, Luke. Uh, actually, we're out of we're out of time, anyways. <laughs> actually, the uh, the Kay- Caitlin and Alexis Davis. Yeah, how do you pronounce this? Is that uh, Chooch Agian? Like, how do you say uh, Chook Agian? Chooch Agian. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's a striking phenom, and she's got a lot of momentum coming into this fight. But Alexis Davis is no slouch, and again, fighting in her home country, uh, Davis is a dog. Is you know, I think she's got the advantage on the ground, and while she definitely does not have the advantage standing up, I think we it, her best makes this a, a really, really competitive fight. And if you can get a plus number uh, from the gal at home fighting in front of her home people, um, I, I would look hard at that. And I think by waiting a little longer, you're going to get more Shikugian you know, action, and you may get a better price too. Alexis Davis is a tough chick, man. <laughs> yeah, she's, Plus one thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she'll 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 be into that Canadian pride thing yeah. too. She's uh, she's going to show up. It's a real fun card, man, and it's free. It's on Fox Television. Uh, yeah, we didn't bring up Dustin Ortiz and uh, Nicolo also on on the card. Big favorite with Cajun Cajun Johnson's a big underdog here, but that uh, that uh, that Islam dude's a, a freaking monster, Lou. Oh yeah, I look for him to again another uh, uh, another Russian Dagestani who who's got all kinds of you know great work habits and advantages going on their side. Even though Usada or no one else can catch him, everybody knows what what the secret is over there, and eventually we'll find out. But for right now, what you need to do is when you see him, just bet him. Lou. Gamblue.com. Lou, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next month in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll speak. Uh, maybe we'll speak later in the week. But if not, we'll speak uh, here on the radio uh, next week. As the cards keep coming fast and furious, the football season's rapidly approaching as well, Lou. So, yeah, we'll see you in one month in uh, in Sin City. Always appreciate the time, and it's an honor to follow a spot where you guys had a professional gentleman like uh, Mark Lawrence on. I wanted to say that before we got off. And well, uh, we, thanks we for appreciate your time, you Lou. We thanks, appreciate Lou. your time. Thanks, Lou. There's Lou from Gamblu.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Gamblu. His website, Gamblu.com. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues.
It's like the best song that uh, we've heard in a long time on this station. Wow. What a riff. Malice and Forethought. Here's my mini guitar solo. Your drummer's real bad. That guy is really, he's, he's laying it on thick, too. It's a good yeah, we'll stuff. have uh, new material out uh, this fall. Aiming for like yeah. a, uh, probably like a Halloween release. Probably a good time That's for. a uh, very, very appropriate time. Going to be recording for, for music. In, my, in my backyard, too, Gabe. For music like this. Yeah, not good literally time. your backyard. But close. But, yeah. but yeah. very, yeah, right down the street, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the talk <laughs> about we're going to Vegas for IFBC. We're going to Metalworks Studios one month after that. <laughs> exactly. What a tour you got going on. You're a busy guy. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up, man. Seriously. I was thinking about it. We're in Toronto right now, but uh, I'm going to be in like uh, four or five, five cities in the next like next seven weeks type yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like month I, and change. I'm in Toronto right now. I'm going to go to Las Vegas uh, for four or five days. Yep. Then uh, we spend a week uh, in Vancouver. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, that's three cities. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to go to Montreal next week Wow! Uh, for a football banquet. Um, so that's, that's the four city. And then uh, New York, uh, five cities. So wow. in the span of the next, like, uh, yeah, in between now and, like, the next eight weeks or so, we'll be in five different cities. Could be even more if in Vancouver you might slip over to Seattle. It's only a couple hours away if you want, if you want to do a night there, catch a game. Uh, I probably will not do that, but uh, I'm just saying the option. You're right. I actually could if the Mariners are in town or something like that. You yeah, know, during that time, exactly. I could look it up, but I'll probably be pretty beaten down. <laughs> it's true. Plus, we got shows to do. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's the thing. It's not going away anymore. Oh no, that's right. We're going to be uh, one week in Kitchener. Oh yeah, Kitchener. Yeah, glamorous. Kitchener. You like that? Like oh, all these glamorous hotspots: right Montreal, Toronto, Toronto Vancouver, New Las York, Vegas, New York, New, New York City. Kitchener. Kitchener. Kitchener, Ontario. Kitchener, Waterloo. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Where's your home base, Kitchener? Yeah, we, yeah, I, was, so I was actually there last our week. Our band has a house. Oh, nice. Um, we know somebody, a musician guy that uh, our guitarist knows. He's got a great setup, man. He's got like a house, but like with um, with the studio all built. Sort of like all the amps, all the gear, the drums, and a stage setup. The guy is in a... Um, He's in like a Judas Priest uh, cover band. <laughs> so, Judas Priest cover band. So like, there's like a drum rise of the whole nine yards. Like, so it's like basically like it's like a mini little concert hall in his, you know, in his basement or his garage or something. And you know, you can't jam at two in the morning. But he owns the house. The neighbors, they don't. They everyone knows he's a musician. You know what I mean? It's cool. It's one of those things when you're in the burbs, you can get away with more. Yeah. So basically, because I asked them, what can we jam? What are the art? They're like, ah, it's about you know midnight or so, yeah. whatever. One of them. You know what I mean? But so basically, like you know, none of the guys in our band. We all live. We all live in different cities, so it's tough to coordinate this. It's taken a while to coordinate this. Uh, and we're going into the Metalwork Studios owned by uh, Triumph, Rick Emmett, Triumph yeah. Studios. I played road hockey with Rick Emmett. So um, $100 an hour to record. It's actually a pretty good deal, but you got to be prepared, right? And it's tough. So we're not all in the same city. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to jam for a full five days from Monday through to the Friday, Saturday, going over everything repeatedly. So, boom, 
when we go into the studio, everything's ready to go. Time we is just, money, we you just, blast it off. We just played it 38 yeah. million times in a row all week, right, in the house in Kitchener. Yep. So um, that that's the plan. And uh, and then, yeah, Homicide will have a new release. Hopefully we can sell uh, something. Sell some merchandise? Well, hopefully we can sell a few songs on iTunes or something. Yeah. I, I do like the T-shirts that you have, too. For, you should bring out some... Uh, yeah. Some new line, some new clothing, a yeah. couple things like that. Yeah, we'll be doing a video, too. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We got to get on top of that. That's right. Our buddies from his uh, yeah, we'll be rooftop. Doing, we'll be doing a video. Um, yeah, we got a lot, a lot of stuff going on, man. Seriously. What, yeah, a, what you, a couple months you got. Oh, yeah, no, it's crazy. This is like nuts, man. Like you're <laughs> I know you're a machine and all, but uh, that's a lot of stuff. I actually on. have to sort of mentally prepare yes. and like accept it. All right. I'll have no control over any minutes of the day for the next two months type yeah. thing. It's like really extremely. But what I'm going to do is I'll be prepared, Cam. So basically, like, I'll be ready, like, when I go to Vegas. You know what I mean? I'll be aware. You know, okay, this is the beginning. Sort of like a tour, you know? Or end up, hey, we'll see you in the end. You guys are smart, though. By jamming in Kitchener and going to the studio, go ding, 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 you bang it off. Because you know 100 bucks an hour or whatever, time is money. If you're if you're screwing around and stuff and retakes, that's like, <sighs> like you're literally pissing money away. So the good news is... You guys got that preparation. One of the one of one of the things that sucks though is that we're going into the studio and we're hoping to do it in like forty hours, but we're only in there for three days. Yeah, forty hours. Yeah, you can't do it. Like basically, because I told the guy, listen, we can go. We're good for like fourteen to sixteen hour days. Like basically, we could play for like fourteen to six. You know what I mean? But before we, you know, you got to sleep for four, a few yeah. hours. What so about the guy on the mixing board. But yeah, the, yeah, he, he might not want to be in there for sixteen. Metal hours. work shut it down. Yeah, they're kind of like a union shut. Kind of yeah. like, hey guys, eight's pretty good today. And Mitch, nah, he basically had a good point. He basically <laughs> stated that, and he, he's right. But he basically stated, hey, listen, he said anything after like eight to ten hours. Our ears are shot. We won't really, you're yeah. not hearing fresh anymore because you're tired. You're in the same room. It's the whole thing. It's good to step out. You step back in yes. and you, you rehear it. But we don't really have that time and that luxury. We're going in there. Boom. Like, do it. Just just shut up and do it. Rattle it off. Yeah. It's like the uh, the bootlegger on Seinfeld. I don't care. Just <laughs> shoot it and get it out on the street. All right? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I don't like the angle. Yeah, I don't I care. Can't. I don't give a shit about shoot the it, angle. Yeah. Just the- shoot it and get it on the street by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah. Well, that's boot, sort boot, of our attitude. Bootleg, bootleg videos we're were going, a big thing. We're going in there, and it's basically that's our attitude. Like, record it and just, 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 you know what I mean? Just mix it, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing. Yeah, with today's to society, though, Gabe, like the bootleg industry used to be hot. Now it's just like, yeah, you know, no, you're, no. you're done. It's, it's, it's over. Not even at the flea markets. You can't you can't take advantage. No, but it's pretty cool. Like in New York, there's uh, there's a corner and stuff. The cops have been shutting it down yeah. more and more, but you can buy like fake Rolexes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty no, cool. Yeah, you still get a nice watch. Yeah, I, I like that. Hong Kong, that's where all that stuff really is. Got to be careful. Nor they really do their damage. My with, mother with got wi- me. women's purses. Oh yeah, women's yeah. purses and wallets yeah. with Prada there. Like it's all about the stitching. Like they look identical. Sports identical. goods too. Sports. Yeah, sports goods. Jerseys yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I know a couple contacts at the. Sports like basically, look. Good. There's a website. There's a website online. You can buy any NFL jersey, any soccer jersey, any anything. Yep. It's essentially like twenty bucks. So you know what it is, and it's not a bootleg. 
it's you know they the Chinese are very creative. They they're smart. Like they they think through everything. So basically, like I was looking for the World Cup, so World Cup yep. soccer jerseys. All right, you could buy like a Team France soccer jersey for like twenty dollars, twenty five dollars, twenty dollars. Yep. The same one that if you went into a store, you would get for $120, exactly. the official one, whatever. Yep. The difference is, you know what it is? It's the jersey that they're selling in the Philippines. Or it's the jersey they're selling in India. It's like a global jersey? It's, no, it's the same jersey, but the writing on the inside and the tag. They can't sell. World Cup jerseys, Cam. You're not selling a jersey in India exactly. for 120 US dollars. Gonna, yeah, exactly. They make $200 a month. You know what I mean? They're not buying it. Like, it's all relative. The same product, you know, like iPads in India and yeah. stuff, dude. They're like, they're like $14. You know what I mean? So It's like DealDash. Yeah, so but the thing is. <laughs> I got the TV yeah, I know, for but $8. There are actually international, yeah, there are international trade laws. Yeah. There are international trade laws to stop legitimate companies this is one thing donald trump is right about actually that china doesn't care about rules right so basically china just sets up these shops and you know like an american company can't buy legally the they have to buy the rights to sell the jersey in 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 certain countries yes china just bypasses this screw it the chinese companies basically bypass this by saying you know what we'll just buy a thousand team england jerseys that they're selling um, in in Bangladesh, they're they're charging six dollars local currency for this jersey. There, they buy like a thousand of them and then they sell them to the rest of the world for like twenty two bucks, and they're like tripling their money still. And then you're getting the deal. Sounds like a real good business plan. <laughs> not having any rules and breaking the rules. Now I'm not sure if they're hundred percent licensed. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. That was a good one. No, but I'm not sure. No, no, the the soccer ones are, but the NFL ones are not. The NFL ones are not. No, like you know, like the NFL jersey I have. If you'll notice, the stitching is like a little thicker, and yeah, yeah, they're knocking them off. Like basically, China doesn't care about intellectual property, trademark property. They don't. They're probably bootlegging this show right now. They're bootlegging the show as we speak. I say go ahead and bootleg yeah, but, it. Welcome, uh, Beijing. I used to buy jerseys off the back. We're not of the banned. Front. We're not banned in Beijing. We're not? No. Good. No. I know because I've had listeners and uh, viewers and stuff online. Oh, from they, China. they hear it? Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like, uh, hey, we're open market. More, yeah. More listeners, please. Yeah, we got to start anywhere. talking more about the Chinese Basketball League. You got a team? Um, no, actually, you know what? I usually have a favorite team in every one of these stupid leagues. I actually don't have a go-to team in that league. Your team is the one that makes you the most money. Yeah. You know, China, I don't know. The games are on at a weird time. It's the one league I don't really bet as much as some of the other international leagues. You know, a Chinese league's actually, um, a Chinese league team has actually offered Dwayne Wade a contract this week. Really? Yeah, because Dwayne Wade's retiring from the NBA. How much money was it? It was good it was, chunk of change. Oh, it was amazing chunk of change. I think it might have been forty or fifty million a year. Ooh, I, I, Dwayne Wade, well, <laughs> welcome to Shanghai, buddy. Yeah, you take like, that like at that price, you got to say if I still want to play, uh, that seems like a wicked move. I'd be definitely down with that program. 
No, this so oh, this is a crappy deal. I thought it was uh says three years, $25 million deal. Yeah. I was under the impression it was like 25 mil per year. Yeah, there's no way in hell he's going to accept this. Why would he go to China for this little amount of money? Exactly. Yeah, you'd have to go for He's making this loads. in the NBA. Like, no, exactly. You want to, Dwayne Wade's still a big name, man. Yep. Like, you go, that's a laughable offer. Laughable. I don't know, how do you say laughable in Chinese? Whatever, like you say, that's uh, a bad deal. Yeah, I'll text Vince. I got to get a couple of these, uh, couple of these terms if we ever need them. <laughs> it's a bad, bad, it's a bad deal. Bad deal. I like it though. No, you, you're right though. Those and those replica knockoffs look great. Like I remember back in the day, I used to buy them from the back of the truck. I remember I bought a Cincinnati Bengals. The stripes were all different sizes. Like it was an embarrassment. It was like C. Johnson. Like the the O was a little bit different. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't even like symmetrical. Like, it was a big problem uh, in it, Vegas big. with the Vegas Knights this year. What with, with bad jerseys? Yeah, vague. Yeah, the market, the the bootleg market hit Vegas hard. Like. Um, <laughs> You know, what's interesting now, actually, is, so, of course, they're moving, right? The Raiders, uh, Raiders, the Jays. Uh, it's a foul ball or a home run here? It's a foul ball. Foul ball. Yeah. So, it looks, um, of course, the Raiders are moving. Raiders are moving to Las Vegas in, what, two years? Yep, two years. Is this the last year? No, it's one more no, year. No, it's one more year. after yeah. this year. So this year and the fall, one more year. Yeah, I don't know why it's taking them so long to get that stadium. Why you, yeah, that's another thing. Like, build, you know, these guys can build it quicker. But anyways, so um, Mark Davis being the greedy dude that he is. Great lid, too. Oh, yeah, the bowl That cut. guy's got the best lid. The, uh, the owner of the Raiders in the NFL, they, they want to start making money off of this. But you can't be that greedy that you can sell merchandise in two cities at once, according to NFL rules. It's like, guys, you're in Oakland. You can't start selling Las Vegas no, Raider gear. No. <laughs> but you will see, Cam, in Las Vegas. There's going to be a lot of that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's Wait, like. Did we see a sign for it when we were there? It's the last everywhere. Time. It says, get your LA yeah, Raider, Raider gear, gear. Your, your Las Vegas Raider, Raider gear, gear here. It's all bootleg. None of it's sanctioned. It, none of it. You're not allowed doing it. Like, that's the thing. The NFL going, and that's what the NHL found out. Vegas is the Wild West, man. Like, the NFL thinks you're going to control this. You can't control some T-shirt guy on the strip. He's already making Las Vegas Raider jerseys. It's true. They're already three <laughs> steps ahead. You know what I mean? It's so true. Well, I don't know. I guess if you want to call the LVPD on him, and yeah. I'm sure they will, and I'm sure they're going to be walking the streets and stuff. But, you know, it's easier. Like, they used to do it, like, outside the Forum in Montreal, or they'll come out and they'll have – the team will sort of have a bootleg cop because people would be selling yeah. knockoff T-shirts. and. Well, they still do it down at ACC. You'll see it outside yeah, the Blue yeah, Jay yeah. games. Guys oh, yeah. are selling Blue Jay T-shirts for Big 10 time. bucks yeah. outside We and stuff. love BJs, all sorts of I stuff. Like that yeah, we love BJs. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's everywhere. I see him all over the place. He's a hustler. He gets around town. He's done quite well, too. Yeah, so it says, like, Blue Jays. Actually says, I, I love. I No, yeah, it says, I heart BJs. Yeah, it says, I heart BJs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I don't think the Blue Jays like the shirt too much, but we no. Do. See, that's not an officially sanctioned uh, the exactly. Blue Jays T-shirt. That's why he he get, he he can do his own thing, but he can't be selling it. Those guys, a on those the guys, yeah. The only reason he gets away with that, I and mean, he was able to make a living, is because it's actually kind of funny. Yeah, he's, it's, it's kind of lowbrow, but people do buy them. You say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I told you, he's done done quite well. You know, the Trump College said, frat boys always get a kick yeah, out of that shirt. Yeah, yeah, that guy's he's been standing on the corner forever. Oh, he's an but you notice he's smart. He doesn't stand right in front of the stadium. No, he's a little off to the side. 
No, he's up the street. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, up, he's up, like, up, he's, yeah, he's way up. up the he's near the way. convention center. Like uh, Outside of bars, too. Like, because uh, if you go anywhere near the property, they probably know. Like, they've probably been warned. All right, listen. If you, if you try to sell any of this crap within 800 square feet of the stadium, <laughs> we're going to arrest you. <laughs> he also has a Montreal, CD. you just had to bribe the cops. He has a CD with the shirts now, too. He does some hip-hop on the side, so it's kind of like the I Heart Beat. Yeah, yeah, disc, yeah. Disc package, you know what I mean? Yeah, he caught me outside of a bar. Maybe one. if they were better, his business would be going better, too. So I'm just saying the team kind of sucks. Yeah, right? that's a good point. They do stink. They just tied it up, too. 3-3. Three, three. But they suck. All right, so we're going to get to 3-3 uh, yeah, three, three in the Twins uh, Twins Blue Jays game right now. Not that anybody, uh, no, anybody no really, really cares. cares. Mariners are up 2-1. to one. Uh, Those are the games in progress right now. Mariners are beating the Giants 2-1 to one right now, top of seven. Only a four-game uh, slate tonight, there, Marenzi. It's a, it's going to be a real uh, interesting, real card for DK tonight. We'll get some picks for you. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. We'll get to uh, some DFS baseball, golf picks, DFS best bets of the day. Coming up next.